CJ Peterson, and welcome to The Journey is Real, where we talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. Today, my guest is S.T. Rappaport. Thank you for coming and joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Um, S.T.'s uh, passion is actually generally for people overall, uh, but we decided to title this podcast um, Relationship Photography and C.J.E.A., would you mind explaining what both of those are for those who aren't familiar with what that is? Sure. So I'll start with relationship photography because it's simpler. Um, it's basically pictures for couples. It's a term I just put together because um, I do photography only for couples. And what I do is I take pictures of couples in their most ultimate state of love and connection. And then they take that picture, hang it up in big and hand it like a vision board of always what they want. So I've been doing that for quite a few years and it was great. I loved meeting people, learning about people, and I want to take it further, much deeper, because the vision board is really good. I think it sets your mind in the right direction, but it's very limited. It doesn't really get you the results. So about a year ago, I met someone who does the CJEA, which stands for Creative Journal Expressive Arts. Um, it's a method that was created by Dr. Lucia Capriccioni, who healed herself from an illness through it. And basically the way it works is like this. The brain, there's two parts of the brain, the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere. Mm -hmm. You all know each side of the brain is in charge of the opposite side of the body, right? So the left side of the brain is in charge of the right side of the body and the right side of the brain is in charge of the left side of the body. Mm -hmm. Now the left side of the brain is also in charge of all the logic stuff like math, reading, writing, etc. And the right side is all the creative stuff, art, music, dance, and it's also in charge of emotions. So when, you're, when you write with your non-dominant hand, the hand you don't usually use to write with, you're doing a few things. You're creating new neuron connections. You're accessing your creative mind and you're getting a straight direct access to your emotions because most people, your their non-dominant hand is their left hand, which is the right brain, which is their emotions. Even if your left and your non-dominant hand is your right hand, it still works just as well because as soon as you get to school and they stick you in a classroom where you're doing math examples and learning how to read, you're thinking and you're all in your left brain. So that's a CJEA. CJEA is we do all sorts of things with the non-dominant hand with both hands because we want to use the whole brain but especially with a non-dominant hand to get to the core of whatever we're trying to understand and figure it out so is it like journaling is it drawing is it right you know writing what all is it that they're supposed it's to be doing? a mix of all of it the foundation the base of it is the journaling part with both hands so I'll give an example, simple one, anyone could do, like right now, you could, as long as you're not driving, you could take a paper, a plain paper with two color pens or markers or whatever it is. So you could write with each, one for each hand. You're gonna start by drawing with your non-dominant hand a picture of a situation or problem that you're in that you want to understand better. A fight you got with your husband, you're not sure if you want to leave your job, whatever it is. Draw a little sketch, it could be stick figures, just draw a picture with your non-dominant hand. Then you're gonna 
ask the picture questions with your dominant hand because you're thinking logically you're asking a question ask a question to the picture who are you and then you're going to answer with your non-dominant hand without thinking and let your subconscious mind go to work got it so basically you? you're yeah. asking your one side to work with the other side so you're working in tandem to figure out the solution to the problem a hundred percent that's exactly what happens and you continue conversation you go back and forth you ask whatever you want whatever you're trying to understand and you'll be amazed at what you can figure out that's definitely unique i've never heard of that before um i kind of like it it kind of challenges cool. yourself it feels really weird in the beginning <laughs> what I wrote it's awkward my muscles could sometimes hurt in the beginning especially if you really don't use your non-dominant hand um, but you can get rid of it. plus if your hand is chicken scratch on the dominant hand it's gonna be pretty bad with the other one so you got to figure out how to do it now that I used to have a friend in, in grade school who was left-handed and it was one of those situations where they made her write with her right hand and it kind of messed her up a little bit. Is it going to mess people up a little bit? Or is it going to do it for a little bit and then clear it up? Or how is that going to work? Yes. Yeah, so if you're not forced into it, it's very, very different. Because here, she's not, she's forcing, she was forced to write everything with her right hand. And her mind doesn't work like that. Her body isn't wired like that. When you're doing it, with both hands, you're using both hands and you're doing it out of your choice. You want to go and understand the situation. So it's not going to mess up your brain more. Also, the difference is that in school, you have to think when you're writing, right? They're asked you to do an essay or whatever it is, and you have to think. And that's really confusing because all of a sudden you're using your non-dominant hand and you have to think logically. But here, when you write with your non-dominant hand, you don't think let your subconscious mind just work so okay yeah gotcha okay well we're gonna backtrack a little bit because you know the journey is real is all about the journey where did your passion for people originate and how did it change and come to where it's at now so people was something i was always interested in from when i was really little like i always love loved and i still do watching people I know that sounds really bad. No, but... A lot of people watch right now. Um, again, I had a deaf friend and we used to honestly, we'd go to the mall and she would read lips and she would, you know, tell me what was going on. But just watching people um, from her perspective was very unique because all she could see was, you know, their body language and what she could physically see. And when you just look at it from that perspective and watch people's body language, you learn a whole lot, probably more than the people, the couple whoever they may be or friend group then they know yeah yeah exactly right so that is i still love it wherever i go if you find me staring at you i'm sorry I try not to look like i'm staring um but just seeing what how people connect and how people react differently what causes someone to trigger return to like act a certain way um and then the more i got into people, understanding people, connecting with people, I realized that, hey, the most ultimate connection people have is the relationship with their marriage that they have. Mm -hmm. So I went in to focus on that more. I found that really, really interesting. And I took my photography, which was also something I loved as a kid. I always had like those big cameras from really little taking pictures for everyone. 
been doing pictures like hired from when I was in high school sort of thing and my I, sister and I are the photographers of the family like I have some cameras up here that are over 50 years old easily wow I don't keep them because like I'm a really big oh. threader but that's really cool you know what I love doing afterwards is taking the pictures in using the old cameras in the pictures because mm -hmm. they have like that vintage look it's really cool yeah there's some pretty unique ones up here actually so cool I like that yeah so I took the photography and I worked with relationships with that and then as I said before I was doing the relationship photography I was doing the visioning with them like hanging up their pictures and big so they always have it and then when I met this lady about a year ago I started doing this CJA also to take it even further now with the relationship photography, do you take just some candid shots to kind of let them know how you saw the couple themselves? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm really big into genuine emotion. Mm -hmm. um, not, I don't focus so much on posing and like modeling things. Like I do do in studio sometimes, but I much prefer outdoor because people could run, they could dance, they could really laugh and feel their real emotion. Um, so yeah, I do stuff like that. Just letting their, letting them be, letting them have fun. Usually that's where I start. I'm like, okay, so what do you do? Like, go have fun. And then afterwards, sometimes like, I'll give them a bit of suggestions, but that is mainly how I do it. Yeah. Good. I like that. Cause a lot of times people need to understand when you talk to them, like about the relationship is how you are seeing them because they're in it. It's kind of like being in a storm and someone's trying to guide you from somewhere else and they see the whole thing and you only see the boat that you're in, you're kind of giving them a third person perspective of what's going on potentially. Yeah. How to help. I like that a lot. So with the relationship photography, do you also now kind of add to it the CJEA with it? Yeah, so I do, if someone wants just like pictures, I will just do regular pictures for them. Um, but most people that I work with, we do the CJA with the pictures because then we go and journal either before the photo shoot, how they want their relationships look like, and then how they could get there. And also after the photo shoot, we journal, instead of drawing the picture with our non-dominant hand, we journal about the picture. Okay. Yeah. And it gives it a different spin. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Like we also do collaging or painting or different stuff like that with a non-dominant hand or both okay. hands and yeah. Okay, do you have any resources online that can help people to understand the um, creative journal a little bit more? They could go to Dr. Lucia Capricione's site, which is luciac.com, L-U-C-I-A, Lucia. Yeah, it's Lucia, just to see. L-U-C-I-A-C dot com, or they could buy, she wrote 23 books, they could buy any of them, the Creative Journal, The Power of the Other Hand, Google her, you'll find a lot of information. Gotcha. Okay. Now, where can they find out more about you? They could go to lifepicksrelationships.as.me, and I'd be glad to speak to them there, or they could listen to the Life Picks, Relation Life Picks Relationships podcast and get more from me about that. 
is there a landing page that they can go to regarding the podcast? Like what, where, where are you? All major platforms. Okay. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Awesome. Um, we have some time left. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on? Talking about the journey and just saying the journey, just like last thing I would say is that when you're on your journey and you get confused and you're not sure what to do, first of all, you could do this journaling thing, but, and get your answers from it, but really, really do what you want. Do stuff for yourself. Don't do anything else for anyone else. Don't listen to other people's opinions who are just giving their opinions or who are just jealous of you or tell you you're doing the wrong thing. If you want to do it, if you love it, go and do it. Okay, awesome. Um, I know a lot of stuff that's going on right now. Um, I try to keep these timeless, but with everything that's going on right now, um, a couple of things I like to touch on is the fact that no matter what the relationship is, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a significant other, whether it's a good friend, relationships are going to be stressed right now, period, just because of what all is going on. So the creative journal would be a really good way to kind of alleviate some of that tension. So I really like the application of that. Um, and you know what? You can even try a little bit of the photography thing and let that person know how you see them as well. It's yeah. kind of a good way to apply it as well. Um, like I said, we have a few more minutes left. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I just like, like I want to keep it to what they're, like what they want to hear most. So I'd say that if you're stuck, you're really stuck and you're not sure what you want to do, mm -hmm. you want to go further, make a collage. Pick up magazines. Yeah, I know most people don't have magazines. So maybe you have if not find pictures from online and literally just pull out pictures, find images that represent what you want, that show you what you want. If it's a business for that business, if it's a relationship for the relationship, it's a specific feeling, whatever it is. Make a collage, huge place that you could see it often. And then journal with each one of those pictures. Ask questions to each of those pictures, why you want it. How could I get you? What's stopping you from getting there? And remember, you're using both hands. You're asking the questions you're not with your dominant hand and you're answering with your non-dominant hand. And just have a dialogue. Go back and forth. See what is there. See what is in the way. Don't be scared to ask. And, and, and your body won't give you answers that you're not ready for. So if you feel like you didn't get any major insight or got stuck or whatever it is, it's okay. Stop and tomorrow, the next day, a few weeks later, go back to it, do it again. You'll get different answers when your body is ready for it. And even if you did get answers, you always do it again. You could do it another time and you'll get more things because as you do it more, you go deeper and deeper and deeper. It'll help you throughout your whole journey. But the goal is to start with the dream board and kind of go from there. Yeah. Okay. I did a dream board one time. Oh gosh college I think it was and then I think I did another one in my 30s and of course they were vastly different yeah yeah sure you could do one every few months do you, do you get anything out of it I got a lot out of it um I it, it's a struggle though because as you're creating the dream board 
you're like, you don't want to make, you almost don't want to make it too big, but you almost don't want to make it too small. So it's like, you kind of got to find that balance. And I'm kind of a realistic person anyway. So when I go to make them and create them, I'm able to kind of find that balance a little bit easier than maybe some other ones are. But my theory is dream big. You know, dream big, you'll get there eventually and just take it and shoot for the stars and you'll at least hit your ceiling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. When you dream small, you're saying no to things before they're even the opportunity before you even get there. Yeah. When you dream big, you'll find a way to get there. Yeah. I mean, you are your biggest hurdle. Um, we are the hardest on ourselves. We are the most critical on ourselves. We are. Um, a lot of what we've grown up with, um, depending on your situation, how you grew up, you may be combating negative feelings and things that say a teacher has told you or a friend has told you or an ex has told you or whatever it may be that's still kind of in there and you may need to kind of get that out of there. So one of the questions you may ask is what's holding me back? What's stopping me from reaching that? And like you said, if you redo a new one, even if it's like once a year, you know, they're going to get bigger as you go because you're challenging yourself. And that's the deal is challenge yourself to go bigger and just see where it takes you. Um, had I listened to people, I'm an author. Had I listened to people who made fun of my stories when I was younger, I wouldn't have 12 books. I wouldn't have a children's book coming out. I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have a blog. I wouldn't have any of that stuff because I didn't believe in myself. But because I challenged all of that stuff, I'm an Irish Texan, so I'm going to challenge pretty much anything that's in front of me, whether that's good or bad. Um, you dream big and I, you use your stubbornness and strong-willedness and find that within you. If you can't find it within you, utilize the journal to find it because yeah. it's in there. Exactly. And as you grow bigger, you overcome challenges. Your challenges just become bigger, but you want bigger challenges because that means your life is greater. There's more in your life and you could, not that you, not that you're like asking for hardships, but the fact that you're dreaming bigger equals that you're going to have bigger challenges. That is what it is. If you want to go and get to the moon, then yeah, you have to go and figure out how to get into outer space, you know? So as you go and go step over step and get overcome each challenge and you could build on that and get ready to overcome the next challenge. You're right. It's just like the butterfly. It starts with a caterpillar and their tiny little world. All they can do is crawl. And then they go into this cocoon and it's a dark place where they have to grow. And you don't help them out. They have to help themselves out in order to be able to come out. And they're going to have to go through the struggle of freeing themselves from the cocoon in order to fly and be free. And you're going to have to go through those struggles to grow. Is it painful? Yes. Just flat out, yes. It's painful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who says life is easy? Yeah. Um, well, if they do, then then their dreams aren't big enough. Yeah, or like magic pills or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't care such stuff. <laughs> no, and it's like the um oh gosh. The stronger souls are seared with scars. I can't remember who said that, but that's always stuck with me all the way through is that you know it's those scars that make us stronger. It's those scars that remind you of who you are and what you have overcome. Um, just remember, you've survived 100% of your past days. Yeah. No matter what they look like. I like, like. that. 
So, you know, dream big, move forward, push out the boundaries, shove the walls aside, use the journal to do it. Um, challenge yourself. It's going to be awkward for me to use my left hand. Um, I'm an author, so I type a lot with both hands. So I use both hands, but in writing and drawing, it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel like a little kid again and you're not sure what's happening, but okay. The point isn't really the picture. The point is more what you're doing to your brain while you're doing it. Kind of basically rewiring it to expand itself. Yeah. And I kind of like that. And I like the idea of maybe somebody else taking pictures of you, seeing how they see you. Check with your family members. Say, hey, would you mind taking pictures of me just don't tell me you're taking them for like a week and see what happens. Yeah. You know? Watch your posture, see your facial expressions. What vibe are you giving off in that picture? You'll be surprised. <laughs> Especially if you're going out somewhere or in, not just in the house or whatnot. Like I said, um, my sister and I tend to be the photographers. I'm more than she is because she's used to taking pictures. So when she doesn't have to, it's kind of a break for her. So but for me, I love to catch people. I love making memories. To me, a picture is making a memory that is frozen in place. No matter what happens, that memory is always there, regardless. And so like a child laughing, my niece had her son, he turned a year in February. So for those you know, shots of when he was little, he's never gonna be that little again. You know, I took tons of pictures. She's like, I look horrible. And I said, you know what though? You're a mom, you're in your happy place. You know, you'll never look like this again. Yeah. And it's the emotion you're giving off. You're giving him a hug. And even if you're a mess and you're in pajamas and who knows what. But that's the real you. See the emotion. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's the real you. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody. And that's the thing I love about pictures, especially if it's like an overnight thing, because you are catching them in a place that is vulnerable, a place that you know, not many people see, even themselves see sometimes. Because, you know, if they're by themselves or with their significant others, they're the only ones that know what that looks like. But if you do like an overnight, I used to be a youth leader for 18 years. Doing overnights with teens was a trip because at first they'd be like, no, 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 I don't want a picture taken. And then they're like, yeah, take my picture taken. And then there are the times where, you know, they're sleeping and they're angels. So I'm definitely taking it there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's like, now they'll come to me every few years and be like, hey, do you have pictures from such and such and this and that? And I'm like, yeah, I have them. Here, you know, have at them. You can pull them up and whatnot. And it's like, especially when they're growing up as teens, because from where they are in sixth grade to where they are as seniors, you know, I'm looking at them now and it's totally different kids. And I've got, some of the times I've got them through those six years because they make so many changes. But even as adults, we make these changes and not everybody's cognizant of the changes that they're making. Yeah. And they're just kind of stuck in survival mode and you got to get yourself out of survival mode, which is why I love the idea of the dream boards and the journal at the same time, because it kicks you out of it and makes you focus on yourself as opposed to your situation and where you are. Yeah, really. Exactly. Totally love that idea. Um, okay. Well, we've got a few more minutes. Um, you want to go ahead and give those two websites one more time? Lucia's website? And yours. Yeah. So Lucia's website for more information specifically about CJA is luciac.com, L-U-C-I-A.com. And if you want to find out more information about what I do or get 
free mini session, you could go to lifefixrelationships.as.me. Life podcast. Yeah. So the podcast is also called Life Fix Relationships, L-I-F-E-E-I-X Relationships on all major platforms. And if you want to contact me, it's lifefixrelationships.as.me. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, ST. It's been very eye-opening. So I appreciate you coming on today and talking about the relationship photography as well as the creative journal. They're kind of, they do go together and I love how you brought them together. So thank you for bringing, you know, a new tool into our lives. Thank you. It was great speaking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, and thank you all for watching The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share our real portion of their hearts. I'm CJ Peterson with cjpetersonwrites.com. Until next time.